from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk. Your career insider, we are here on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM. Hey, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern Time, we are live at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton Program. MBA for executives right here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, and we have Dream Team in studio, Michelle and Dion, all hour long. Take your calls right now. 844 Wharton, 844-942-7866. And I'm going to start off with just saying a big thank you to all of our listeners and followers. My new book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success, has held the number one spot on Amazon's hot new releases and job interviewing for the last three weeks since it's been out. So I want to just say thank you to everybody who has been supportive of the book. You know, this book is a compilation of all the blogs, radio advice, and coaching all put into a step-by-step roadmap, and it's really designed to help professionals get past the hiring gymnastics to land the job they want. So if, if you or a friend is looking to make a career switch, this book is meant for you, and I hope you check it out on Amazon or other booksellers. So big, big thank you to everybody there. Hey, you got a question? It's Thursday. We're live. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk, and today we are talking about how to get promoted, how to figure out if leadership role is right for you, and we would love to hear from you, your advice and tips, and to help us with this, we welcome leadership expert and corporate consultant, Carlin Ferguson, who is the CEO of Propel Forward, an executive leadership consulting firm. And she's also the author of the new book, The Insightful Leader, Find Your Superpowers, Crush Limiting Beliefs, and Abolish Self-Sabotaging Behaviors. Carl Ann has been interviewed by the Boston Globe, CBS Money Watch, among many others. And we're very excited to have her on the show today. Welcome, Carl Ann. Thank you, Don. Excited to be here. Yeah, so I enjoyed reading your book, um, and especially the the message about that adversity in our lives creates our strengths. Can you say more about that? Sure. So when you you know undergo adversity early in your life, in your childhood or teen years, it does create some real strengths for you because you have to figure out and navigate ways to survive those incidents. And it doesn't have to be, you know, egregious adversity. It can just be things that you perceive as a child as adversity, such as, you know, a grandparent even telling you there are horror stories in order to teach you life lessons. You may at that time with your child brain have perceived that as something of, oh, my God, I never want to do that again, so I'll always do this. And so we end up with real key leadership strengths from that, whether that's being results-oriented or being the problem-solver or the intellectually curious, whatever that is for you, has often come from those early events. Yeah, and what I love about the idea of adversity creates strengths is that we we all face adversity in our jobs. We all face adversity in our yeah. lives. And, and while we're in it, it feels like the worst thing ever. And I think, you know, we, we love to, to share positive ways to flip things on the show and, and ways to get ahead. And I think, 
you know, the reminder it was for me is that when you're going through something is to really step back and and think about and reflect on those things in your life that you've come through and the strengths you've used so you can get through the current moment. But to also know that that this event is character building and it's going to help you um, raise the bar on your ability to deal with with more stressful events in the future. And I think that's kind of the silver lining when you when you look at these types of things. So I love that that's the theme of your book, mm-hmm. The Insightful Leader. So, um, Caroline, there's a lot of books out there on the shelves on leadership. You know, what what audience is your book specifically speaking to? Well, the book specifically speaks to um, leaders who have been in a leadership position for a while. And it is because they've had a chance to kind of learn those basics, but they're still trying to figure out why they don't feel good enough or why they have those cringeworthy leadership moments, and they're trying to take their self-awareness even deeper. And that's what it allows you to do is kind of be your own executive coach and take those self-awareness even deeper and understand what's behind it and reprogram it. So you know, you mentioned the book is is, is written for leaders who um, have used their strengths to get. And, and the way I kind of saw it is that you know you can have great strengths, and many of us start to figure out what our great strengths are as we progress in the in our jobs. And um, but then those strengths can become overused strengths, which mean they they. Uh, maybe present as weaknesses. So, so we're doing something that has really helped us as maybe an individual contributor, but then we get into a leadership role and, and now we need to shift this. So can you give us an example of that, Carlin? Sure. So for example, one of the ones, especially with um, just starting leaders, is being overly humble. And it's a strength that got them noticed because they're so collaborative and because they don't overpower but when it becomes overused, they're forgetting that the company has put extra power in them in, in regards of having a leadership position, and they need to own that power and stand up to it and be able to make those hard decisions and understand that they aren't equal in that respect. And so that's when something that got them noticed as a leader can become overused. Mm-hmm. And there's other ones like results orientation and a few, you know, many others that can happen like that. Yep. Hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM. We are taking your calls all hour long, 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. Hey, it's Thursday. It is open calls. We want to hear from you. If you've not made it through on a previous show, right now is your opportunity to give us a call. Michelle is manning the phone, 844-942-7866. And we're here with uh, Carlin Ferguson, who is the author of The Insightful Leader. We're talking about leadership today. Hey, maybe you're trying to decide if getting a promotion is on your career agenda for this year, or you're not sure how to do it, um, or maybe you are a leader and you're you're a new leader and you're struggling, or maybe you just have a question on how to nail that job. We're here for you on Career Talk, 844-942-7866. So um, one question that I often get, Carlin, is how can I figure out what my strengths are in this current market? Because obviously the market shifts and, and new things emerge as, as being critical in the job and things that maybe used to be a strength are less important. So how can people figure this out? I think there's two ways of looking at the strengths. One is there's those strengths that are more of the traits, those leadership competencies that are never going to change. Those will never go out of style. 
And those are the things like being results-oriented, like being um, self-aware, um, continuous learner, being having high tenacity, persistence. Right now you can see how any of those could go too strong, but we still look for those in leadership. Those are major competencies that people look for. So if you have those strengths, you definitely want to keep those strengths. It's not something you want to get rid of. As far as what's trending, you know, one way to find that out is to look and look even outside of your current field and go look at job announcements and see what they're looking for. And you'll start, start to see new patterns, new trends coming up of what they're looking for and then figure out how to get those skills. So that's more skill-based. So you're saying you really need to keep up with the market and what's going on in the market and looking at their skills. I, th- I find that a lot of those job descriptions, I'm curious about your opinion, Carlin, because I'm a lot of those job descriptions just slap things on there and they don't really give a lot of thought to it. So it might be that we need somebody who is results oriented or we need somebody who is a, a go-getter, or positive attitude, or even even you know, things like you need to at least have a college degree when, when these don't even relate to necessarily what is key to getting the job done. So how can somebody weed through and, and know what that even means and if, if those are really the key skills that they should be putting forth? Yeah, um, I'll tell you one thing I used to do that helped me a lot with interviewing for jobs is I would go, you know, everybody goes out and they look at the website and they get that feel for what the company does and, and where they might be going in the future. But one of the key things that people miss is to go out and get the annual report because the annual report is going to have hidden messages in it. It's going to tell on what the company is most proud of during the last year, but it's also going to hint toward where their issues and concerns are. <laughs> you can use that to figure out what they need and if you have what they need. So, so digging deeper, so getting an annual report, yeah. you know, going on Glassdoor, and I'm going to, I know people know this is my favorite, but networking, you really have to talk to yeah. people, find out what the culture is like, find out what results oriented means, because as you point out in your book, Carlin, results oriented might mean different things to different people and different levels might be acceptable um, depending on the audience that you're in. Hey, you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM. We have Dream Team in studio. We're taking your calls right now at 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. And hey, you got a question on the job search. Of course, my favorite questions these days are around switchers. Um, so if you're looking to make a career switch and you want to find out how to really put forth those skills that your new audience is looking for, we can help you with that. And, you know, our, one of our favorite things to do, of course, is on-air mock interviews and negotiations. So if you're brave enough to call and do that on-air, we love to help you get prepared for those discussions right here on Career Talk Series XM, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Carlin Ferguson, who is the CEO of Propel Forward and the author of the new book, Insightful Leader talking all about how you need to think about being a leader in the new economy. Um, so, Carlin, what if you don't want to be a leader in the new economy? What if you, you decide, you know, I am, I am loving my individual contributor role. It's where I want to be. It's, it's what I love to do. And I don't really have a desire to move up. Is that like a dead end for your career? No, it's not, especially today. More and more companies are looking at that. And, you know, if somebody is really, truly outstanding at what they do and they're, you know, just knocking it out of the park, 
and they don't want to go into leadership, the company is going to find some way to retain that individual because they want those skills. Now, they can only pay up to a certain point because, of course, every job has a value to it, whether that's leadership or individual contributor. But I think you really have to look at it from your personal goals. Leadership to me is nothing but a series of helping people navigate through stressful situations in order to achieve a shared goal. So what should stressful? Yeah, no, it is. It's a different type of job. And I think we used to talk about that a lot when I worked at Corn Ferry is that, you know, when you're moving up, it's a, it's a different set of skills. It's a different set of problems. And um, so so is it so how do you um, grow and progress if you decide that you want to stay in an individual contributor role? I mean, are you doomed to have a 3% raise for the rest of your life? I mean, what what can you do to really shine one of the things you can do to shine is start mentoring other people and show that you have value beyond just the individual contributor, but as a mentor without having to go into leadership. And you'll see those jobs already existing in like technical positions where they have fellows or principals. There is nothing that says you can't do the same sort of thing in other um, specialist positions as well. But you need to show that you're willing to do a little bit more. Or another thing you can do is kind of take on some special projects and be able to show that you can expand your impact on the company. Because when you look at pay and how that's set, it's really about your decision-making power and how much impact you're having at what level across the company. Yeah, and those the, are two ways that you can prove yourself. The great thing in today's market is that a lot of the, for example, tech giants and, and you know companies who are more progressive around this are recognizing that the individual contributor is, is you know one of their most powerful assets in in creativity and innovation and to take them away from what they do best to to get a leadership position is not in the best interest of the company or the individual and so I'm seeing a lot more in the market around companies saying, hey, you know, we're, we're going to create these career paths for individual contributors so that you can earn more money and you can get a promotion and you can take on more responsibility, but still do what you what you love to do. And I think, you know, for those of you out there who are saying, yeah, I love what I do. I don't know about leadership, but am I stuck? Here's the thing. You just you, you need to get out there and see what how the market has changed, because I think the market is opening up for individuals who are in this this state of having a deep expertise, yet they want to be part of a, a larger organization and still find opportunities to move ahead. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM. We are powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and... You've got mail. Oh, we've got mail. Um, so I have to... I, w- I want to do a quick mailbag. We got a... A great email from Amy in Massachusetts. And uh, Dr. Don, I think I might be a switcher. Congrats on your new book. I was able to double my salary and go from marketing director to VP of marketing in one job change. I start in August. Woot, woot. I hope I read that right. Um, And thank you for all of your awesome info over the years on Wharton Business Radio. You rock. Thank you. And oh, my son, Max, says hi. So I have to. So I know Amy's been a longtime listener. Her son, son Max, who is 11, 
is a listener, which is why we keep the show PG thirteen because we want uh, we want to be out there influencing all the the up and coming future leaders of the world to really manage their careers and and take hold of the reins and get that direction. So, Amy, congratulations. We're very excited for you and your job change. And thank you so much for taking the time to give us a a shout out here at Career Talk. Hey, if you've got something you want to share, you can tweet at Dr. Don Graham. You can send uh, something through LinkedIn. We want to hear from you. We want to hear about your successes. We want to hear about your questions. Um, And if you're not able to call Thursdays at noon, you can always send us those questions and we can read them as part of our mailbag. Of course, we love our live callers as well. So if it's Thursday noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are live right now. Michelle and Dion are taking your calls, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So you can reach us that way. We're here with Caroline Ferguson, who is the author of the new book, The Insightful Leader. And we're talking about leadership strengths, how to get promoted, what to do if you don't want to get promoted, and things you need to consider about being a leader. But of course, as always, it's open calls when it's Thursday, and we love to hear your advice, tips, or questions about the job search and anything you've got on your mind at 844-942-7866. So, Carla, in your book, you talk about three main considerations to think about before deciding to be a leader. Can you share these with us and why they're important? Sure. And the first one is ego. <laughs> now, most of the time when I say ego, people are like, oh, egotistical leader. But you have to recognize that a leader has to have a strong ego because you have to believe that you're the right person for all these other people to follow. And that does take ego. And if your ego is too low, you're not going to be effective as a leader. So how do you know if you have the right level of ego? Like, how do I know if my ego is too big or too small? I think the first question to ask you, you know, to ask yourself is, do I think I truly should be the one who should lead this group? And if you can say yes without hesitation, you know that you have enough ego to do that, that you believe strongly enough in yourself that you're going to be comfortable in that role. But couldn't that mean your ego is way too high? <laughs> yes, I think I can rule the world. Yes, I can. I, I'm not thinking of anybody in particular with that one. But Yes. <laughs> it's, um, it can be too high. And the way to tell is one of the other three factors, which is your power base. Are you doing things for socialized power, which is for the good of the organization? Or are you doing things because it's self-serving? And when things are done because it's self-serving, it becomes egotistical. But if you feel like you're the right person to lead and the reason you want to do it is for the good of the organization, then you have the right combination there. Okay, so you have to have the right level of ego. You need mm-hmm. to be a, a an advocate of socialized power, which is you know, doing things for the greater good versus doing things for your own personal self motivators. And and then what's what's the third factor that you talk about in your book? The third factor is your need to be liked. If you have a high need to be liked, you're going to have a hard time as a leader. Because a leader has to make those tough decisions. You know, not everybody can have the same day off. When the company comes to you and tells you they have to downsize, you're the one who has to decide who to let go. 
And so you have to be comfortable with that and not try to see your team as your friends. And there's some leaders who struggle with that. They just have this really high need to be liked, and it gets in their way. They just can't stand in, um, into their leadership power as strongly as they need to to be effective. So, okay, so you need to have a balance between, between a, you know, a strong ego but not too high. A need to be right. liked has to be lower, and then you need to be an advocate of socialized power. So, you know, we see a lot about the authentic leader and, and you know, c- coming to the table, being transparent. So if you don't have these things or maybe if you're weak in one of these categories, is there a way that you can strengthen that um, and still be authentic? Yeah, certainly. One is to explore why. You question your ability to lead if it's an ego issue, right? Another one would be to um, question your need to be liked. Where is that coming from? And that's where, you know, coaching and um, the book and things like that can come into play is because that'll help you go through some of that. And why is this important to me? And, you know, we all have unconscious biases that get in our way of leadership. And those are things that are really important to uncover and discover. And how do you, how do you do that? You've mentioned coaching is one way, but, you know, a lot of people listening, maybe driving in their cars or thinking, you know, do I have unconscious biases? You know, do I have this need to be liked? I mean, how, how do you figure that out if, if you don't have a coach? If you don't have a coach, one of the things is look at your feedback. Look at feedback over a period of time from your performance reviews and from just candid feedback that people have given you. Um, Another way is to take assessments, any assessment, right? It can be a 360. It can be uh, the Myers-Briggs. It could be any type of assessment, Herman's brain, whatever your company is using or whatever you can uh, get a hold of. And figure those things out. Any kind of thing that helps you with self-awareness is going to help. And that's where the insightful leader comes in. It takes you through kind of a reverse engineering process of under, of uncovering those unconscious beliefs that get in your way. Yeah, and I think one thing everybody can do literally right right now, not if you're driving, but if you're in your office, um, that is something that takes a little bit of courage, but I think it's, it it gives you this information kind of in a quick and dirty way is pick, pick 10 people, whether they're colleagues, customers, supervisors, maybe they're, they're friends, but, you know, just from different walks of life that, that are, that know you and say, Hey, can you just shoot them an email and say, can you write back three things that are, you know, my strengths as you view me or as you interact with me? And one thing that is an area for improvement, you might need to nudge people a little bit on the area for improvement because we're all slightly uncomfortable with giving negative feedback. But I think when you do this, you start to see, wow, I didn't realize people saw these strengths in me. And, and, you know, three or four people said the same thing, and I've never seen this in myself. Or you start to realize those blind sides that maybe you've not paid enough attention to, or maybe you thought you fixed, but you aren't quite there yet. So I think I think those are really easy things you could just do today. Mm-hmm. Again, it takes a little courage because sometimes, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to know. I mean, I think that's part of the problem too, Carla. Sometimes we just don't want to know. We're like, ah, I think I'm just going <laughs> to kind of be happy, you know, going along and, and just pretending like that's I do. But fear. yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, fear, fear is a powerful motivator. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. I just did a 360 here at Wharton and, um, you know, I'm one of my colleagues after I told them he's like wow you're brave and I was like you know after I read it like yeah I was like 
yes, you do need to, to kind of have that. But but wow, is it insightful because, I, you know, yeah. it cut across multiple years and multiple you know types of people in my life and how they view me in different situations. And, you know, it's really difficult to get that level of, of insight from just an assessment or just from kind of pondering on your own. So I really encourage uh-huh. people, if you're thinking that you want to make a change, if you're thinking that I want to up my game at work, if you're thinking that, hey, I'm, I want to raise, I want a promotion, I want, I want, you know, something different. This is a great thing to do. And, you know, hey, why not do it every few years just to kind of touch base? But you're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM. And we are powered by the Wharton School. If you've got a question, it's open call Thursday, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Hey, guess what? I'm now on Instagram. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> a big step for me. So same handle as Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. But if you want to see new scenes, it's we're calling the series Behind the Mic. And it's it's me, Michelle, Dion, and what really goes on in the studio. We're gonna we're gonna have to get a little bit more risque, Dion and Michelle, because because you know and Dion's laughing. There's nothing better than Dion laughing. Your microphone's not on. Uh, um, you said risque. I, I don't know where this is going. Well, considering so I'm, I'm just listening. PG thirteen. Well, it is PG thirteen. So how risque can we get? But you know, we we okay. Let's just be fair. We do we do a lot of dancing. We. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> don't we? No, we don't. <laughs> There's a lot of dancing that goes on in the studio. That's true. <laughs> I have been promising to capture this on video at some point. So so Dion purposely plays songs that I like on the way back in from the break. So that I kind of don't blame me for your dancing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so all right, but but these are the things you're going to see on Instagram. So I don't know. Maybe I just like got all my Instagram followers to unfollow me by saying that. But but we're going to get Michelle and Dion dancing too because I know they're just holding back. I do. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so check that out at Dr. Don Graham and you can see what goes on in the Sirius XM studios here on the Wharton campus and how we come to each week and what we're doing behind the scenes. So hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Career Talk 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific, it's open call. So if you're in your car and you have a question or maybe you're on your way to an interview this afternoon, Hey, why not call in and practice live on air? There's only a couple hundred thousand people who are listening. No biggie, no biggie. But right now, we're going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? There is a quiz. So Guinness, the beer company, estimates that 93,000 liters of beer are lost here each year in the UK alone, Guinness estimates that 93,000 liters of beer are lost here each year in the UK alone. If you think you know where that beer is getting lost, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. What are you doing? <laughs> You're on. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Hey, you're just tuning in Thursday, noon Eastern time. We are live all hour long. Take your calls right now. Hey, it's open call Thursday, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We have Dream Team in studio, Michelle and Dion, and we're here with leadership expert and corporate consultant, Carl Ann Ferguson, whose new book, The Insightful Leader, Find Your Superpowers, Crush Limiting Beliefs, and Abolish Self-Sabotaging Behaviors is out now. Hey, Carlin, where can people reach you? Um, they can reach me at propelforward.com or um, at 321-600-4080 or at carlann at propelforward.com and it's C-A-R-L-A-N-N. It's like Carl and Ann stuck together. That was one of my dad's inventions. <laughs> Fantastic. Um Hey, if you are just tuning in, we want to hear, we're talking about leadership, and we want to hear your best or worst advice that you've received from a leader. And I'm going to come to you, Michelle and Dion, but first I'm going to go to the pre-break quiz because it's about beer. So Guinness, the beer company, estimates that 93,000 liters of beer are lost here each year. In the UK alone, Dion... Hey. Hey. Okay. Since since it's the UK, I'm thinking soccer. So I'm going to say, I don't know the name of the stadium. Um, oh. the, the The soccer stadium in England. There's probably more than one. Yeah, there probably is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a few. There's like Manchester United. Uh, yeah, that and, one. And, okay. Um, <laughs> and then there's... The other ones, I'm sure I'm offending some <laughs> some fans by There's Manchester United, and then the other ones <laughs> that are equally as great. <laughs> I, th- I think there's, I think there's a Liverpool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There, that one. Um, this isn't going well. <laughs> no, this is not going well. Uh, let's just, that's not it. Um, uh, that wasn't a bad guess. That wasn't a bad guess. Actually, that's a great guess. I I just wish I, I knew. I have a follow-up question, but go ahead. I just wish I knew more stadiums. I feel like I should. <laughs> I feel like I should. We all should. Hey, if you know more stadiums in the UK, we want to hear from you. 844-942-7866. I, mean, I now, didn't know the one you named. Manchester United? Yep. Did not. Sports that's a big ball. one. Yeah, Sports ball. Sports ball. Sports ball. We got to get off sports. It's, it's just not my I thing. This, I think there's like three sports in the in a Three sports in a row, right? This is not a sports question. You've turned it into a sports question. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was me. That was you. (laughs) Michelle, what's your answer? Well, you're saying that the beer is lost. So I'm going to guess on the bar floor. Ooh. That's my guess. On the bar floor. No. Damn it. No, but that's a good guess, too. Thank you. That was very... You really dug into the question (laughs) that it's lost, never to be regained. That's right. Um, Yeah. Carlin, do you have an answer? No, I was thinking something along, like, St. Patty's Day, where people try to turn rivers green or they do something with the beer. (laughs) 
<laughs> just as a symbol. <laughs> yep. Nope. Is not. Mm, they don't. Wrong. They don't throw it in the river. Yeah. They throw it in the river. So okay. Um, Guinness estimates that ninety three thousand liters of beer are lost in men's beards and mustaches. Wow, that's gross. That, I didn't say it wasn't gross. <laughs> that's a lot of beards and mustaches. I know. Ninety three thousand liters. That's a lot. That's crazy. That's a lot of beer. I that... thought on the bar floor was a lot, but like, what are you doing? Just dumping a gallon of beer. Onto your beard? How does that work? I don't know, Michelle. I neither have a beard nor do <laughs> beard or, a, you know, I'm trying to, like, I don't know. I didn't research this deeper. Well, they do absorb a lot of things. I mean, they get, like, stuff stuck in there. Dion, you're, you're like, the sole expert on Look, beard. My, clearly, my, my goatee is not get, catching any beer. Like, that's that's insane. That's a lot of beer. Because my, my, my follow-up question was, how are you losing alcohol? Like, you, that that's against the rules. Mm-hmm. You, you, if you If it's in the glass in front of you, you've got to drink it. Yep. That's, well, they are drinking it. It's just nah, they're dribbling they're it, I guess. They're just not getting all of it. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I was going to say, maybe we need straws, but nope. No, no more no more plastic no, well, no, straws. No, no straws and beer? I'm just, I'm just trying to not waste beer. But you can't drink beer out of a straw. Okay. Okay, I'm just trying to brainstorm here, Dion. All ideas are good ideas. <laughs> but not that one. All right, but, but not that one. Well, there you go. Hey, 844-WARTON, 844-942-7866. This show is not about beer or beards. Um, this show is all about leadership. And we are talking with Carlin Ferguson, who is the, the CEO of Propel Forward. And we're talking all about should you be a leader? If you're going to be a leader, what are your considerations? All of this fun stuff and more on Open Call Thursday, 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to Mary Lou in Maine. Mary Lou, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. Hey, Mary Lou. Oh, Mary Lou, we can't hear you for some reason. So we're going to we're gonna try and figure out what's going on with that. And then we will we'll come back to you and take your question. Um, okay, so back to leadership it is then, Carlan. So... Um, you have some techniques. I want to kind of spend, you know, the next part of the show going through these really concrete techniques you have about really figuring things out. And you talk about, you know, just to set the stage, you talk about the defensive mind and how, you know, this gets in the way. And I love brain science. So can you give us the quick, the quick overview of what you mean by the defensive mind and how it gets in the way of people being successful in their careers? Sure. So when I talk about that and the insightful leader, I'm talking about the survival brain, you know, that of the child or the teen when these, you know, events occurred and how we store things. So we store things back at that age as always or never, you know, never put your hand on a hot stove, always look both ways before crossing the street. So when we've gotten into situations that we feel are putting us at risk, we create these never always statements of survival for ourselves. And little known to us, they're still there. One of mine was always be strong, never let them see you cry. And so even as a leader years later, I'm being triggered by this. I'm being triggered and I get defensive. If somebody even says anything that remotely makes me think that they're calling me weak, oh my gosh, you know, then all of a sudden all this bubbles up of how dare you call me weak because I made this belief eons ago about never be weak and it then you know creates this defensiveness that I'm 
not even consciously aware I'm still acting on that old belief. So we all have these hot buttons. So we all have these these things mm-hmm. that are hot buttons. And I think that's one thing that we can all pay attention to is is what what are those triggers for us? Because I think once we can can be aware and stop and say, okay, this is a trigger for me, then you can step back and analyze it. Because something you, you talk about in your book, but is is you know, I love brain science, but the fact that emotion plays a role in all decisions, even it doesn't matter how much data we get. In the interview, I love to to remind candidates of this is that they're collecting assessments and maybe maybe tests and video bios and simulations and they're doing this. But at the end of the day, emotion from the person who's making that decision is going to play into it. And oftentimes, decisions are made on emotion and then backed afterwards with data and facts, which is why it's so important to get your career story right. It's so important to you know understand likability and, and fit and those other factors in the interview. So you know, due to all of these things, you know, if we stop and understand our triggers and what they are, how can we then move forward beyond them, Carlin? So once you understand them, you can start to become like the neutral observer and notice your um, fight or flight response is a great way to do that. So as soon as you notice that your muscles are tensing or your palms are sweating or you're getting that shortness of breath, that fight or flight response, you know you've been hooked. And at that point in time at work, you can just go, well, wait a minute, rather than respond, I am having a visceral reaction. Where is this coming from? And that is the first key. And one of the quickest tips you can do is as soon as you feel that bubbling up in you, just take three deep breaths. And that sounds very new agey, but it's just that, you know, three deep breaths are going to tell your amygdala, that survival brain, that you're not under attack And then you can move your thought process up to your frontal lobe, which is more that rationale, empathy, compassion. And you can say, wait a minute, this isn't a personal attack. This person just stated this sentence, and I don't need to react to that. Yeah, and it, I know it does sound new agey, but I mean, there's there's is, tons yeah. of science behind it. I mean, you've got the, the parasympathetic, the sympathetic nervous system, the vagus nerve that goes up and mm-hmm. down. And this breath really does signal to your body that it's okay, that I am not in a fight or flight situation. And so a lot of people, you know, kind of laugh off this. I, I often say instead of breathe, like just this pause, and it really does, the body... Um, calms down and it signals the mind that it's okay. And I think we all need to get better at doing this because often, even though our mind is, and our lizard brain is still in the phase of fight or flight of we need to survive, we need to survive, those instincts don't always serve us well nowadays when we don't have these same threats we had back in the caveman days. So we find ourselves reacting and putting ourselves in more hot water when, in fact, we could just stop and breathe. Now we don't have to clean up the new mess we made. Hey, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And I, I want to talk about a couple of other strategies because you've mentioned the breathing. I, you know, one of the techniques in you in your book, you you say suggesting asking uh, what versus why. Tell us tell us how that's important. Yeah, if you ask what, you keep your brain from getting defensive. As soon as somebody says, "Why did you do that?" then it makes you feel like you have to defend yourself. Why is one of those things that go? Well, wait a minute, I have to defend my motives. And that is not what you're seeking when you're trying to get to unconsciously, why did you do something? You're trying to figure out, okay, what is it 
about this interaction that caused me to respond that way. And that is a whole different way of than saying, why did I do that? Why did I do that? It's Sometimes we get so defensive. We go, I don't even know. I don't know how to answer it. Yeah, I, I think that's just good information for life, whether you're in a relationship, a friendship, or a work situation. Saying why, even if you don't mean it, in a, a, you know, kind of attacking way, our mind, our brain goes into that defensive mode. Why Why mm-hmm. did you say that? Why did you do that? And it could just be general curiosity, but um, it, it does trigger people. So I think that's a really easy thing. We've got the breath, the pause, and the why changing to what that people can do. The other one I really like in your book is challenging your assumptions by asking yourself the question, you know, am I 100% certain <laughs> that that this is the one right answer for the situation. Tell us about how people can use that, because I think these tips are things that people can just implement right now, right now, today. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, um, and that one I use a lot with uh, my clients as well, because sometimes we get into something and we, our brain is trained to make judgments, right, of what is safe, of what's not safe, what is healthy, what's not healthy for us, et cetera, you know, what's pleasurable, not pleasurable. So we get into this thing of wanting to make quick judgments, and by doing that, of course, we can get ourselves in trouble. And so if we end end up just saying to ourselves, wait a minute, when I have that snap judgment, is this true? Can I be 100% certain that this assumption is true? Well, here's what happens. First time that you ask, is this true? Your mind wants to go, well, yeah, of course it is, (laughs) because we want to defend ourselves. But when you ask again and you say, am I 100% certain that this is true, we stop and we pause and we go, wait a minute, nothing is 100% certain. And so then I have to then go into my logical brain again and they go, at what point of certainty am I that this assumption I'm making that I'm getting ready to act on is actually true? Mm-hmm. So it prevents us from reacting based on emotion and actually yep. thinking through and acting logically. Hey, if it's Thursday noon Eastern, we are live on Career Talk, Sirius XM, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Got a question, advice, or tip? We always love hearing from you guys. And I'm going to get to Michelle and Dion about leadership advice you've gotten, good, bad, or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I had a good piece of advice. Um, basically, when so it was at a time when I had gotten a title raise, and I think that this happens to a lot of people. As soon as I got it, I was like, "Well, I'm still not exactly where I want to be. So, what's next? What's my next goal?" Um, and I talked to someone about that because it was frustrating for me to have finally gotten something that I wanted. And then I was immediately looking to the next thing instead of just feeling, uh, excited and happy about that. And, uh, and he, he advised me, he was very wise. He said, listen, you need to take all of that energy that you're putting towards wanting the next level thing and put it into your work. Put, take that, the creativity you have, take all of that and invest it into what you're doing on a daily basis. That stuff comes when you're doing that. So instead of like looking at the goal and just trying to reach the goal, look at your work and then that stuff will come. It's kind of like, if you build it, they will come mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and I that sunk in. I, I really thought that was uh, good advice that I valued. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think a lot of people do that, Michelle. I think a lot of people are like, okay, got this one. Now what? Now yeah. Like the next rung. So, exactly. Awesome. Dion. 
I think the best advice I got was don't try to be a leader, but be a leader. Because a lot of times you'll you'll do what you think leaders are supposed to do instead of just naturally just doing what what you feel is right in that situation. So when you're when you're trying to be a leader, it doesn't always work out well. Unless, but when you just naturally just have your, you know, what you you're in that you're in that position for for a reason. So you do what you naturally feel. And usually that that works out. Yes. So it's 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 actions. Embody. Be a role model for for that leadership. Be a star. Be a star. Well, you are a star, Dion. You are a star. Didn't didn't you get the pre-break quiz right last week? Is that last week? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I am a star. You are a star. That's right. I think you should give yourself a ding 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 ding. I, I don't have it up right now. All right. Well, <laughs> well, verbal ding ding to you. <laughs> You're listening to Career Talk, and we're going to Richard in Maryland. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind today, Richard? Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm a real estate agent. I'm 25 years old. I work with Berkshire Hathaway currently. However, um, I'm coming back from vacation, and while on vacation, I kind of made a pact not to really do too much business at all. Just kind of put an auto response on and really enjoy myself. However, I did get a call while on vacation from Monument Sotheby's trying to recruit me, and it's I'm having a difficult time thinking of whether or not I should really pursue the opportunity to hear what they have to say because. Where the, the company I'm with now, like the team that I'm on, my team leader's been so loyal to me, and it's just like been such a mentor that it's like I almost feel as if I'm cheating by like, even like trying to like kind of just like maybe just see what's out there. Yeah. So, um, tell us how long you've been with Berkshire Hathaway, Richard. So I've been with Berkshire Hathaway for two years. I've been in real estate for almost four years. I got licensed right out of college the only job I've ever had um, and I've loved, well, I've, I've loved everything about Berkshire Hathaway and I've been recruited prior and I've always shut down the opportunity but something about this since it's like Monument Sotheby's it's telling me to kind of maybe think about it. So I mean first off I want to say like that the fact that you're thinking through it is awesome. The fact that you have a great boss is awesome. That is that is not something that everybody has. So I have some ideas but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it to our guest Carlin to, to take it first. What are your thoughts Carlin? Yeah, what is it about, about the offer that is intriguing to you? I guess the ability to maybe, like, prosper and move forward, and this may sound a little greedy, but maybe just kind of move into that luxury market and kind of, like, I've always dreamed of selling real estate my entire life. I've wanted to do one or two things, which I've kind of accomplished both in a sense. I either wanted to be on radio as yourselves, or I wanted to be in real estate. And the reason I say that about radio is because I ran my school radio station at St. Joseph's University, but just decided that the lifestyle that radio equipped for what I wanted in life, it wasn't right at that point in time, like starting off. I I couldn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be sitting behind the board and at a local Baltimore station and making 15 grand part-time or something like that. I wanted to thrive and prosper and not that money's my goal, because I knew that I wanted to sell real estate my entire life, but it's kind of like if I can move from selling quarter million houses to sell, selling three quarters of a million house or million dollar houses, is it worth it? And the obstacle I'm having is that my boss is in that premier luxury market already. So I guess I'm kind of more or less humbled to be given the opportunity to come think about it and test the waters, per se. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So yeah, here- and don't feel guilty about wanting to make more money and move yourself into the luxury market. You know, there's, 
there's nothing wrong with exploring an opportunity that is not being disloyal to your employer, your current employer, is to explore and see does it fit with the vision you have for yourself and where you want to go. Yeah, I would agree with that, Richard. You need to, um, it sounds like you have some good ideas about what, what your goals are. And it sounds like you've thought that through before. If you, if you hadn't, I would say kind of look at your, where you want to be, where you are now and the different paths to get there. Uh, in, is to Caroline's point, Caroline's point, you're not cheating by just going on an interview. You're not cheating by having conversations and seeing what's out there. As a matter of fact, I would encourage my direct reports to do that because I want them to see, hey, is the grass greener? And if it is, then <clears throat> are there ways that I can make it greener for them with me? If not, then maybe it is time for them to move on. But I think just like every company isn't going to hire every applicant they interview, you don't have to say, I definitely take this job if I get it, just to talk to them. So yeah, go talk to them, have some conversations. I think the hard part comes when you you get an offer or you get close to an offer and you're starting to see that, that this might be something you want to do and then how you make that decision. So that's so where you are now, explore it. You might find that there are some, some things about it that you that you didn't know that aren't appealing. Or you may find that that's where you need to be right now in your career. So, um, but you don't have that information yet. So you need the information right now. What's happening is you're, you're like a pinball in your head, going back and forth, and, and all of the stuff that you do know, and and you're going maybe making pro con lists and all this stuff. But you got to get out of your head. Clarity comes through action, and your next action is moving forward and talking to people who can give you that data that you don't yet have. So is that helpful, Richard? For sure, most definitely. And then if I do decide to move forward, my next call is going to be how do I go about telling my current team leader without being uh, disrespectful or burning a bridge, per se. But I really appreciate that. That makes me feel a lot more better and not as, like, it just I don't feel bad about doing it now so, so yeah thank you for that yeah and a, a, you sound like you have a great boss and i think they would encourage you they want you to, to land where you you should be but yeah definitely call us back and and let us know about how that goes and and we'll help you with that next step it sounds like you're well on your way to having multiple opportunities and that that's difficult but it's a great problem to have richard so thank you for calling the show best of luck to you we look forward to hearing how it goes 844-844-942-7866 you're listening to career talk Sirius XM, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and I'm on Instagram now. Okay, I'm working it. I'm learning it. At Dr. Don Graham. <laughs> and we're here with Carla Ann Ferguson, who is the author of the new book, The Insightful Leader. Find your superpowers, crush limiting beliefs, and abolish self-sabotaging behaviors. We're talking about leadership. Um, so, Caroline, as we're as we're kind of winding down here and, and thinking about leadership, and you've talked about, you know, you have to assess your need to be liked and your ego, and are you a socialized power kind of person, and all these things that you need to assess. Um, you know, if you're looking, if people are listening right now and saying, I have what it takes to be a leader and I'm ready to get that promotion, what are some things they can be doing to prove it to the higher up so that they get that opportunity? Well, going back to those three areas, um, mentor others, because it shows that you're you're seeing yourself um, changing from being the star player to being more of the coach. And so you want to make certain that people see you mentoring others and that you are also starting to measure your success 
by how well others do that you are mentoring or that you're project leading rather than just how well you do. That, that's some of the important shifts for a leader. And I would imagine um, asking for maybe stretch assignments would be helpful and being able to prove yourself at that next level. And here's here's something simple that I don't think a lot of people do is to share with their current manager that they are ready for a promotion, they want a promotion, they, um, you know, kind of want to expand, you know, and it's like we just assume that that mm-hmm. somebody's going to know that or, you know, maybe you don't, maybe you don't and you want to share that with your manager too because you want stretch assignments that are more more lateral moves. I mean, I think we have to have these conversations with our, our you know, our managers to make sure we're getting the opportunities that that we want because they're not mind readers and we might have an annual review once a year and sometimes that's just not enough. Sometimes you get that itch three months after your last annual review and it's time to ask now. So Carlant, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. One last time, where is the best place for people to reach you? They can reach me at propelforward.com or just give me a call at 321-600-4080. Thank you, Don, Michelle, and Dion. It was wonderful. Well, we enjoyed having you. Hey, if you're you're listening, you should check out Carlin's new book, The Insightful Leader, Find Your Superpowers, Crush Limiting Beliefs, and Abolish Self-Sabotaging Behaviors. Uh, we appreciate having you on the show. Of course, Michelle and Dion, it is fun as always. And one last time to all of our, our listeners and supporters, I just want to say thank you for making my new book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success, in the number one spot on Amazon and job interviewing for the last three weeks since it's come out. Um, this book is is something I've worked on because I've wanted to empower all of our job seekers out there and all of our professionals to really find a job that you love. So I hope you'll check it out. And... We've really enjoyed being here as always. You've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM, powered by the Wharton School. We will see you next time.